eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. And welcome to the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Um, back for our only podcast of the week this week, obviously onto the scouting podcast only now as we move into draft season. Um, so yeah, here we are. And we're here with uh, one of the best positions uh, to scout, I feel. And we're just kind of having a bit of a chat with it uh, just before we came on. We're on to wide receivers. So an exciting position, another one of our sexy positions. Uh, last few boys, last few in our scouting podcasts um, to get through before in our first round, at least anyway. We're getting there, aren't we? <laughs> Like you say, really excited about this one. Getting to uh, like this class, uh, this wide receiver class, there's a lot of good guys in there. So yeah, it's been really good, really fun to go through the tape. Hmm. Yeah, I think it should. It will kind of mirror the corners episode that we had last week, where we uh, where we named about eleven guys from the four <laughs> of us. Um, so yeah, I think there's going to be a bit of a bumper episode in store for you all. Um, we're joined by Liam, as you've heard already, Andy and Rob, uh, missing Kieran because of Wi-Fi issues, so he doesn't get to talk up Jamar Chase, unfortunately, but we will mention him, uh, courtesy of Andy, um, later on. But lads, let's um, start where we usually do, with our um, traits that we look for in wide receivers, what we're actually looking for. Rob, I'll come to you first as an offensive mm. man. Um, you will come first and yeah, you tell us what you want to look for in your wide receivers. Um, quite a few things, um, really. Uh, to, there's no such thing as a perfect receiver uh, at college level, I don't believe. Um, but there are certainly some traits that you want to look out for. Um, I personally, this is my personal opinion, I like a, a guy that's quite quick. Um, don't have to be quick to be a good receiver, but I think it's a good trait to have. Um, hands, obviously the main thing. If you can't catch, you're not a very good receiver. <laughs> um, pretty much. Um, yeah, so... Uh, good hands. I want to see a player that's uh, got a good broad spectrum of, of a route of route tree. Um, I want someone who can run a nine route, a curl route, a slant route. And I, I want someone with a, a big spectrum that can do a lot. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be fantastic doing everything, um, but I want them to be able to do everything. Um, there's a lot of receivers that can do one or two things really well, but then are pretty rubbish doing the other ones, uh, doing the other routes. I like an all-rounder. I like someone who's got good hands and can can do the routes. Um, yeah, so that, that's what I look for. Obviously, there's a lot more things, and I'm sure Liam and Andy are gonna, and yourself are going to cover those things. But for me, route tree is, is probably the biggest thing. Mm. Andy, I'll come to you next. Uh, what, what about you? Anything to add there to what Rob said? Yeah, I think it's the kind of like smoothness that they run those routes with. Sorry, um, obviously the, the the kind of route tree that you've got experience of running is obviously very important. But it's also the kind of explosiveness that the way you get out of your breaks and stuff like that, which really creates a separation and makes the the big plays happen. So um, yeah, I'm sure some of the guys we talk about tonight will be all about that kind of skill. And and what's interesting for me is that the the like lower you get down on. Uh, like throughout the class and you get down to the guys that you think are going fifth, sixth, seventh round, that, that kind of smooth like right running isn't really there. It's just, it's a bit clunky or they just kind of 
you know, that they'll try and pull off that double move, but it's really just like signposted from the moment they start to slow their body down. So, yeah, it's um, it's all about that kind of smooth edge that they've got. And then obviously uh, Rob's kind of outlined just the, the safe hands as well. And, and what I'm really after is kind of toughness at the catch point as well. Those guys that are willing to bring the ball into their chest, despite the fact they've got like a, you know, a 250-pound line, linebacker coming straight at them, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, that, all, all of that adds up. I don't want any fumbles and, and you know, that toughness really adds to that uh, that that kind of strong ability, and that bumps up the up the rounds for me. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. And Liam, what about yourself? You so add on to all of that um, there's, um, reliability. Uh, you've got to be reliable through uh, through your routes. Be able to be smart enough to read defenses and negotiate through your routes. Obviously, uh, good hands and have that sort of that, the ability to be a reliable target for your receiver or your quarterback. Sorry. I also like um, to kind of, we can kind of scout different guys that kind of play the different positions in, in the slot or on the outside. So you kind of, you can get an idea for the skill set that they bring where they're going to best fit um, into the pros. And I also like to look at how receivers are used in the NFL nowadays. So to what we have hinted at when we were talking about cornerbacks and what they had um, kind of tasked with taking away is those those kind of short plays that rely on yards after the catch. So a lot of the kind of smaller, faster receivers that are getting drafted earlier nowadays is because they can make those sort of plays, uh, not just the kind of big guys that can go and make catches against contact on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that I would maybe not add to what you guys have said, because you guys have all summed up really, really nicely. One thing that's maybe a little bit different that I would say is separation. I'm not too bothered if the super, super quick, obviously that helped. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, of course, but what I want is separation. You know, you can create separation through poor athleticism, uh, whether that be strength or whether that be speed, but also from shiftiness as well and nuanced route running. And I think we all can mention route running in certain ways. Two of my favourite receivers, one from the past, one from the present, Keenan Allen, obviously, Chargers fan, obvious, and Doug Baldwin. One that gets mentioned, obviously, Liam, you're a Seahawks fan, you'll be, you'll be joining me on this one. Doug Baldwin was one of my favourite receivers because his releases off the line the way that he created space for himself for his routes. Such a good technician, and I just love wide receivers like that. And if you can have a guy like that, obviously, like Andy said, it's not something you see lower down. It's, some, you know, it's a trait that you see from elite receivers only, and it's something that players develop as they come into the league and kind of spend maybe with time on the wing of one of these veteran guys. But yeah, if you can if you can kind of add that nuance in your route running, uh, sell sell a different route than what you are running. And you often see, you know, miles of space around these guys when, when they do catch the ball, which means more yak after the catch. So yeah, um, yeah, so separation would be one for me for sure. Um, otherwise you guys summed up really, really nicely. So then into into our wide receivers, where do we where do we start? Where do we start? We've got plenty of good wide receivers to talk about. Uh, Liam, let's come to you. For a guy that we've not just seen very much of this year, if at all, actually. No, we haven't uh, seen uh, much of him, but um, to what you were just saying about the word separation, uh, I think you're going to hear a bit about it right now because I'm going to talk about uh, Jalen Waddle, the speedster from Alabama, as they do start uh, at the beginning. Um, He attended Episcopal High School in Bel Air, Texas, and had 19 offers uh, as a four-star recruit. Uh, including all of the um, big colleges in the Lone Star State of his uh, home state of Texas, but he accepted uh, the offer from Alabama. He is about 5'10", approximately 185 pounds, and at the tide uh, during his uh, career, he's 
been in three bowl games, two national championships, winning the most recent one last month um, in their victory over Ohio State. He also won SEC Freshman of the Year in uh, 2018. He was uh, straight into the Alabama offense as a freshman, caught seven touchdowns, had a punt return for a touchdown. In his uh, sophomore season, he was named SEC Special Teams Player of the Year uh, for his kind of exciting splash plays, his contributions to the punt and kickoff returns. Some of his best uh, highlights come in those sort of those long plays. Pros of his playing style, um, just simply one of the quickest and most dynamic players that uh, you're going to see in this draft. As I mentioned, he can show off playmaking ability in the return game um, that sophomore year. Um, his athleticism and speed was on full show. He had a uh, kickoff uh, return, 98 yards for a touchdown against Auburn. Also earlier in the year in a game against LSU, uh, he returned a punt, 77 yards for a touchdown. It's one of my favourite um, individual plays in recent years. He shows uh, all of his skill set all throughout the play, not just the, the speed and elusiveness, um, the balance at speed, but... Um, He's uh, shown a bit of toughness. He, um, the first hit, how he broke away and stayed on his feet. It was a bit of a miraculous play in that sense of how he was able to stay out of uh, trouble, stay on his feet and keep the play alive. Um, as I say, as a receiver, yards after the catch specialist and uh, to what we were saying about traits we look for, when you watch Waddle, it's not just his top speed that jumps out. It's also the body control and movement at high speed. It's 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 so good. He can just work his way, work his way through um, through traffic, through a defense, and um, just always looks like he's playing at faster speed than everybody else. Can just move away effortlessly. Um, for this reason, he can run a number of uh, different routes really well as well. It's not just a case of like pointing him in a general direction and firing him down the field. He can. He's got the the smarts and the understanding to be able to kind of run different routes at different angles. Um, Alabama line him up uh, outside and in the slot. They they motion him up and down pre-snap as well. He can kind of become involved in any any uh, kind of trick play as well. He takes a lot of attention away from others as well because of the sort of dangers that he brings to a defense. And also another thing, of course, that's important with the receivers that he does have, he's got really, really nice hands. He can bring the ball in on the move and at the speed that he's moving. He doesn't often have to adjust too much to a play. Um, I'll move on to like, just a few areas, maybe where he needs to work on this. Um, most areas, I guess, in the game that require a lot of physicality and strength is where he's not going to give you uh, everything. Um, he's not going to be a big blocker on the outside bigger corners and the pros might like to try and get their hands on him, jam him early. Um, if they, if they get that wrong though, of course they'll be burnt pretty quickly. So it's, it's, it's something to keep an eye on though, just with the physicality off the line. Um, and I think NFL teams are going to um, kind of draft him though, for the kind of speed specific roles. So I don't think they're going to require him to kind of be a big time blocker on the outside. Um, I've noted that medium to long range route running can maybe get a bit more technical with him, I think deep zone defenders will kind of understand where and when he's coming and be able to come up and make plays on him. Um, I think he can improve in tight coverage and contested catches. Um, he's got really good catch radius, but um, to what you're saying, Lee, he does rely on separation. That word separation, he's shown that he can go up and go high and make catches. But like I say, it's after he's used his speed to make the space that he needs. 
when we last saw Waddle in the the national championship, he was he was kind of living up to his name and he was waddling a little bit. He had a bit of a shortened season with a broken ankle that needed surgery. And I think it was a bit of a surprise to see him back actually before the end of the season. But all in all, when you put his his whole career at Bama together and he's taped such a good wide receiver. And actually, to what I was saying earlier about the, the kind of speedier guys that have come out in recent years, for him, there's very, very few things that he really, really needs to work on. I think he's a really, really solid prospect. And um, yeah, short area skill set is off the off the scale with him. And even with the uh, the recent medicals, I think he's still going to be considered a first rounder. Stole my stole my question there right at the end that I was going to bring in. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the obvious. Where is he going to go? <laughs> well, it was no, it was going to be is he you know going to still go in the first half of the first round? Um, because obviously that's the question everyone's lips, isn't it? You know, we've not seen him for such a long time. But like you say, the body of work is there that he's kind of proved it already. You know? I think he has. Yeah, like I say, you you think of the guys that are. are I'm not going to like. I was going to say all speed, but there's there's more to their game. But the speed first guys, and, and you're going to talk about on those guys in a bit, and he's he's in there within that bracket that like would just like be so explosive, especially out of kind of slot routes and things. But there isn't too much, too many weaknesses to his game. He's still good in contact, and he's still smart and can can run plays really 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 smartly it, he, yeah, he's really really interesting receiving prospect mm. yeah and you know like i say it probably will still go the first half of the first round it's not sort of cooled off in the mock draft world uh with him kind of you know dropping down the list there despite his absence i guess he kind of falls into the same sort of bracket as all the people who've opted out it's not actually that unusual that he's missed the season this year yeah and we did get to see him a little bit this year which we didn't with some guys and you could see at the start of the year that all the the kind of effort and the speed was all still there and mm. what he brings in the return game as well he's just such a dangerous weapon he's just of all the guys in this class in this entire receiving class this year he's the guy that can just break a game open as as, as well and as easily as anyone in the receiving class he's he's uh, his upside is huge and yeah his speed is is such that he's just going to be so difficult to defend against. Do you think he's? Uh, do, do you think he's kind of comparable to to Rugs last season, Liam? And, and like, like you know, what what's the kind of difference that you're getting in a player with Waddle to Rugs? It's interesting, isn't it? Because this um, the combine would have been really good for to match those guys up, and I think that he can run sub four three, um, which of course Rugs did um, skill set wise. Think that um, obviously they're both coming out of the same system. They're both. It's hard. I was going to say Waddle is is a tougher and smarter route runner, but I I quite like Rugs as a route runner as well. So they're very they are quite similar, and they Waddle will bring a little bit more. I think in terms of kind of toughness, I think you can probably do a little bit more with him. But then that sounds like I'm talking down Rugs's route running, and I really thought <laughs> Rugs can run plenty of routes again not just a kind of point and fire kind of guy Mm. really uh, really interesting to see how they um, how he'll compare in the pros you thinking about the Dolphins pick there 
Maybe not just, three, but... No, that's it. I mean, I, I've seen it quite a lot. Well, I saw quite a lot, a bit of an interesting trend lately of, of Waddle jumping above the, the other two guys uh, in some mock drafts as the first one off the board. And I just kind of thinking that happened with Rugs last year. And is there going to be a bit of a late surge based on kind of like pro day and stuff like that? So, yeah, be interesting. Yeah, really interesting because they're all going to be compared, aren't they? The, well, the, almost the four Bama receivers that we had last year, they when they all played in that system together, and they're all going to be keep, kind of compared to each other, and their careers are going to be compared um, yeah. in, in long term. I reckon. Yeah, Judy and Smith are going to be similar, and Rugs and Waddle are similar, aren't they? In terms of skills and what they bring. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be. It is in, I I was surprised Rugs was the first guy taken last year, and it is going to be interesting to see how Waddle's viewed. And of course, now we've got Waddle's injury to contend with as well but he has the body of works there mm. yeah for sure so yeah an interesting one to look forward to maybe next year when we can look back at the last couple of drafts or something like that maybe it's a podcast topic in the making um, for, for next season um, I'm going to go next um, I've got Rondell Moore out of Purdue um, you might remember him he's not played a great deal recently either but uh, that's due to injuries as well so um, yeah but a player that again I've I mean I've said it a couple of times recently haven't I about players that I've just really really enjoyed watching on tape and Rondell Moore was was another one um, yeah just got me out of my seat quite a lot and just having really rooting for him because you know you're looking at the, the measurables you know 5 foot 9 175 pounds or something like that and you just think this guy is not going to make it is he you know he's, he's obviously super super quick but my god yeah he's, he's, he's the real deal I feel for sure I mean I wish I had some more recent tape on him to kind of um, sort of see some more recent action because a lot of the stuff I was watching was from 2018 when he played most of his games um, and then like I said injuries has kind of called him but let me go right back right, right to the beginning as we've, we've sort of started a trend to do so four-star receiver from Albany, Indiana um, originally committed to Texas um, after offers from obviously Texas, Penn State, Ohio State interestingly um, Alabama, Georgia um, you know, and a whole host of others including Purdue and Louisville as well which is where he actually grew up and where he went to high school um, so it's kind of interesting that he chose to go to Purdue. It's not kind of the obvious choice. You know, if you're looking at those names, you think like maybe like Purdue is like probably the least attractive option. I know he's sort of from Indiana, so gets to stay in his home state and things like that. So maybe that's what it was. And I, I kind of dug into that a little bit. And he said he chose Purdue because it's where he felt most comfortable, which at the first read, I thought, oh, that's, you know, he's trying to stay inside his comfort zone rather than be tested at one of these huge programs. But he also went on to say that he wanted to leave a legacy and be the guy for a program, which, you know, you could argue he's done. You could argue maybe he's not because he's not got a that body of work in there. But, you know, considering his production there in his first season particularly, I feel like he has done and he's put Purdue on the map. You know, I don't think anyone would have been tuning into their games apart from to watch Rondell Moore over the past few years. Uh, got the victory over at Ohio State uh, in 2018 to kind of silence the doubters, I thought, when, uh, you know, they were kind of saying, why didn't you go to OSU? It's obviously not that far away from where you're from and things like that. And, you know, a famous, famous victory, really, in, in Purdue recent history. Um, and just going back to last week's podcast, something I chucked in our group chat last night when I was watching a bit more of Rondell Moore that uh, gave Sean Wade, our, our friend from last week, absolute fits in that game in 2018. Wade was kind of holding on for dear life and... I was really enjoying the, the release off the line, as I was just mentioning with my, um, when I was talking about the traits and separation and things like that. His, his variety of releases is very, very good. Um, and Sean Wade didn't like it at all. Uh, so that was quite enjoying that one. No, no, no slight on Sean Wade, more from the sort of enjoyment of, of Moore's game, really. So it was a bit of a summary. Um, yeah, an incredibly shifty receiver, yak monster. You know, he's a little bit like what Liam was referring to with Jay the model. A lot of motion, a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of shovel passes, things like that. just get the ball in his hands kind of thing and see what he can create by himself. You know, there's not, or there wasn't, or hasn't been a great deal of talent on that Purdue uh, offense. 
So they used him, used him as a target hog. He's looking you know, upwards of 15 to 20 um, touches a game. And it wasn't just that he was like this gadget player, because this is what I was kind of coming into, you know, with his size and speed and things like that. But he was actually running quite an extensive route tree. And it wasn't just like what Liam said, kind of point him and go on nine routes or jet sweeps. He was running short, intermediate and long routes, which was really interesting to see, especially because of a player his size. You're thinking he's going to be going up against bigger corners. He's going to be going up against people who are probably stronger than him. But this is where he kind of blew me away a little bit because he absolutely does not back down from contact at all. There was one rep um, that I think was against the Ohio State Buckeyes where he was surrounded by defenders and he kind of just ducked his head down and kind of just charged at one of the defenders. He was one of the linebackers, I feel. Um, it might have even been Baron Brown, if I remember right. And he kind of just bounced off him and then took it for another 20 yards before getting tackled. And it's just like... And I'm going to mention another player later on who's kind of in the same, similar sort of mould um, when we can get to the end of our first round of reviews, um, who I thought would be similar, and he's just not. And he's a bigger guy. And I feel like, in comparison with this other guy, he plays down from his size, where more players up from his size, he plays much bigger than he actually is. Um, so I was just, yeah, super excited by, by his tape in general. Um, like I say, all about the yak, all about ex- being extremely shifty, unbelievable body control, natural hands, which uses to snag the ball out of the air, like away from his body. So not like a basket catcher or anything like that. And like I say, just super tough, uh, didn't back down at all. Um, and like I said, off the line, superb releases. And he u- makes use of a really nice jab step in and out of his breaks as well. So he's selling that route, um, you know, to a different direction that he has, that it should have been going, as I mentioned before. So it gets a lot of separation. And then he's able to take it from the house from pretty much anywhere on the field as soon as he gets the ball and just makes yards. He just makes yards just from no, you know, no, when he has no right to really more than anything. Weaknesses, there is obviously, obviously some purely, you know, the injuries is the, the biggest red flag. Um, in the NFL, he's going to be purely a slot receiver that's got some gadget ability. And, you know, with already injuries on the frame, he's already got that small frame, albeit he does look quite strong. Is that going to then take its toll and kind of you know just increase on his body and make it really difficult for him to carve out a, a good career um but i i just really got i just really enjoyed his tape there's a lot to like um he also returns kicks as well and has been pretty productive doing it as well so yeah graded him really really highly um i have a late second round grade on him at the moment which um which i didn't actually expect to have because in the grading scale that i use if you're not if you have like a particular weakness it does kind of knock you down quite a lot. So obviously for things like blocking, although he's definitely a willing blocker, red zone threat wasn't really there. And um, yeah, a couple of other things just mainly to do with his size and frame. But he still came out with a second round grade, late second round grade. So I was super impressed with that. And that was, uh, yeah, surprising, but I'm not kind of surprised because I loved his tape really. So yeah, player that I really like. But whether the NFL team is going to value him is a different story. I mean, I can see him on my Dolphins, definitely if we, if we stick around to the second round to take someone. Um bit different to what we've got on kind of Parker as a possession receiver, etc. And he's just electric and he's so, yeah, fingers crossed he slips a bit because of the kind of lack of game time and mm. he's there at the end of the second year. Yeah, for sure. I think he's going to be a bit of a bargain for someone. But um, yeah, he can definitely carve out a role. Like what you're saying about, um, you know, about Waddle and yards after the catch specialist, the, the two of them compare in that area really well. I wonder, um, I worry about his, uh, his catch radius, Rondell Moore. There's a lot of passes that he misses or that he drops you they really have to be kind of accurate with him I feel like um, I don't know if that's something that you notice Lee but like the the kind of that skill set of Marquise Hollywood Brown comes to mind KJ Hamler last year these guys that are 
smaller guys that can make yards after the catch. I think that all of them had a little bit more of a catch radius, and it's something I really marked Rondell Moore down on. There's a not loads of drops even, but just like missing balls, and I think that's going to be something that the pros will look at. And maybe he needed a bit more of um, just a bit more sample size as well, maybe just to kind of fill a few of those blanks, maybe. I definitely did see a couple of drops. Yeah, 100% can't deny that. I put a little bit of it down, down to quarterback play because obviously he's not playing with the highest level of offense, like I said before. So it was a little bit of that. I didn't I didn't now mark him down too much for it because I did think on the opposite side of that spectrum, there were some really nice catches as well where he didn't really have a right to catch it and he was kind of plucking it away from a much bigger defender. So I feel like maybe with a little bit of, you know, an increasing quarterback play at the next level, and then maybe he kind of benefits from that, perhaps. Wonder where if he sneaks into the first round still. I think there's a chance. Yeah, it's it's really going to depend, isn't it? Because of his, he's going to be pigeonholed as this slot only guy. He's not going to appeal to every kind of um, every kind of team. He's going to want a you know typical, proper typical six foot three, two hundred and ten pound receiver kind of thing um, in the first round, back end of the first round. But yeah, he's definitely got a lot to work with, and I really enjoyed his tape for sure. Um, Rob, we'll come to you uh, next up. Yeah, um, I I took um, I just about to say Rondell Moore. No, 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 I've been listening <laughs> to that. Um, I took uh, Rashad uh, Rashad. That was a bit partial, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> Rashad Bateman, um, Minnesota Golden Gophers wide receiver. Um, yeah, I didn't really know a lot about Rashad Bateman because, again, as we've discussed already with the first couple. Um, today he didn't play much uh, last year only five games for Minnesota um, originally we opted out actually of the season but then as soon as the uh, Big Ten's conference um, announced that they were playing then he soon came back in um, which was good um, I think that he came into the season very high, high regarded after a good 2019 season um, but yeah go, going back to, to the beginning then um, from Tifton uh, Georgia um four-star recruit went a bit under the radar to be honest didn't have a hell of a lot of offers um did have some good ones minnesota uh, georgia south carolina um, but other than that there was only um some sort of i want to say second rate teams but um fsu was one of them andy more <laughs> uh, um so there was interest in him but it wasn't like there wasn't a hundred thousand um sort of offers like it has been for the sort of other receivers in this in this group here um but he's, he's got to come in as a four-star recruit and it, he's done really well for Minnesota and he's kind of stood out, especially the last couple of years. Um, watching his tape, he plays, he's one of these receivers that plays all over the place. Like he, he'll line up in the slot, he'll line up outside and he'll run a really good route tree, which is something I said at the beginning of the show was something that I really wanted to to um, see from a receiver and this is exactly what you get really from him um, some of the pros and cons that I've got uh, starting with his strengths um, excellent route runner great ball skills with elite hands um, this guy he's got a brilliant catching ability over his shoulder he tracks the ball really well um, a couple of throws were kind of thrown behind him um, going down on a nine route and he, he they were thrown behind him but he adjusted his body and got got the ball um really well so that was really like good to see that he's got good adjustments um i said he's versatile could play any role uh in, in the offense there it was, it was really good to see him catch quite a lot of slant 
routes from a slot, um, yeah, slot routes passes from the slot, but then also the next very next play, he'll line up outside and be going down on a post route, which was good to see. Um, a good accelerator off the line, he can get uh, get some good separation. Um, and he, yeah, he's got a great uh, yards after the catch ability as well, which I like as well. So, what once he catches the ball, he, he can it's he, quite shifty with defenders, he can get clear. Uh, so yeah, I was really impressed with what I watched. I watched, um, I can't remember which game I watched. I watched so much. I've watched so much tape over the last three or four days. I'm confused about what teams I watched, but I definitely watched watched it today. A couple of games um, that he played. A couple of weaknesses that I found. Um, although he's got sort of good speed, it's not elite speed. Um, so when you get when he's up against a fast corner or you know a, a tracking safety, he can quite easy to get caught um, at times. Um, his athleticism is a weak point, but by all means, not terrible. Um, needs to be a little bit more shifty, loosen the hips a little bit. Um, sometimes he plays with tight hips and and that's definitely the theme of this the scouting podcast, isn't it? The, the hips, as we like to focus on. Um, and I think the biggest, arguably the biggest red flag was maybe the scheme that he play, they played in, in Minnesota. They play a lot of RPO, a lot more, RPO than what an NFL team would. Um, when you're playing RPO and you're good at it, your receivers tend to be able to get open quite easily because obviously defenders are not are kind of uh, they're accommodating the, the run a lot more. So he did find himself open quite a lot, being a beneficiary of the run play option. Um, so that is something to consider because, like I said, it, it, it's not run as frequently in the NFL. Um, so he might not struggle to get open, but he might find more challenging tasks in the NFL to get open. So that's just one red flag. But again, this guy's an elite receiver. Um, as I graded him out, he's sort of fallen right on the fence at the end of the first, beginning of the second. Um, I can definitely see him going day one. Um, but I think for me, it's probably an early day, early day two pick. Um but yeah, he's going to be great. Like I said, he's a very versatile player who will fit into to anywhere really, um, and he'll he will put up numbers. He'll be one of these go to guys that's reliable with his hands, reliable down the field, uh, and is a kind of perfect receiver that everyone's sort of after. Really, this this is your. Um, I know we don't do comps, but. Uh, I want to say you're t- not your Tyler Lockett's. Are you Keenan Allen's? You, you, your possession guys over the middle, safe hands. It's reliable. He's going to get a bunch of targets thrown to him every game. That, that's the kind of guy Rashad Bateman is. To me, and I don't know if you'll agree, um, you tell me because obviously you've watched him all week, but does he feel like, again, kind of feeding off what you just said about him being on the borderline of one and two, does he feel like that one, like a bit like T Higgins last year where yes. someone's going to get a bit of a bargain in the top of the second round? Yeah, exactly. That's very well put. Yeah, um, I personally had T Higgins as a late first last year. Interestingly, and and I said that when since he picked him up, I thought it was a great pick. I was really hoping he was going to fall to uh, India. I think we were picking at four, uh, fourth in the second round or something like that. Uh, ended up getting John Taylor. Not going to be moaning about that. But um, yeah, it's uh, T Higgins was was a very good um, example of that. Yeah, he's, he's he falls in exactly the same category. Um, I think he has the nod over a few other receivers, whereas last year, T Higgins, there were three or four receivers clearly in front of him. I don't think there are that two or three, four receivers clearly in front of Rashad Bateman. Two, maybe three. So he could be the fourth guy off the board, fifth guy off the board. T Higgins was a bit later. I think he was sixth or seventh guy off the board, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, 
Yeah, um, yeah, it's good. The same sort of range, though. So someone, if if yeah, if they're picking them up in the early early second round, it's gonna it's gonna be a bargain. Yeah, definitely. Andy, where does he? Where does he, you're picking up wide receivers for the guide? Where is he ranking your wide receiver rankings? Yeah, so he's on borderline uh, five and six uh, at the moment um, with Rondale Moore actually, um, and I've and I think I've got those kind of interchangeable top of the second round sort of grade there. Um, my uh, number four is probably a bit uh, left field for some people, so I'll, and I'll speak about him fairly soon as well. So uh, yeah, but look, I can definitely see him going in the first round. For me, he's a kind of um, the, the kind of guy that when you get into the twenties, it just pops up at the start of the twenties, like last, like, like last year when you obviously Justin Jefferson was always scheduled to go around there. And, and, and it's proven to be a fantastic pick, but uh, you know, you're Jalen Rager, uh, that kind of guy there that could pop up there, and, but in reality probably should have been drafted a bit later, but um, just team fit really. Yeah. Awesome. It's going to be an interesting one on draft night for sure. Mm-hmm. Whether he's kind of there um, or going to be, Bit disappointed maybe with the first round and uh you know we'll be left waiting for someone to pick him up at the top of the second and maybe paired with one of these top quarterbacks that we've got going at the top of the first which you know is not a very bad situation again drawing t higgins comparisons and a bit of a production error by me bringing robin next because you've got two guys to go through now so you're going to double down so take your pick of whoever you want to go next with sweet i'll start with the uh the, the heisman trophy winner um yeah, I mean, everyone's kind of on the Devonta Smith train at the moment, aren't they? He's obviously had a fantastic year and, and you can kind of, like, the, the numbers are like absolutely insane in a year that's been like struck down by the pandemic and uh, he's been up against SEC defences every week to, to get like nearly 1,900 yards and 23 touchdowns is, is pretty insane, isn't it really? So um, you can kind of see why the hype's there. Uh, obviously, um Going back to you know the, the start of it, the kind of college stuff there, he's, he's a product out of Los Angeles, um, the 2017 class. He had 23 offers. Uh, you know that all the usuals were in there. My, my Florida State offered him, tried to get him there. That would have been <laughs> that would have been a, a change of fortunes for him. He probably would have transferred out a couple of years ago somewhere. So <laughs> anyway. Um, Smith, Smith's just the kind of a guy that's going to go really early on. It's easy to t- easy to see why. And I'll take uh, I'll take you through the strength first. Um, he's he's very versatile as a receiver. Um, if you watch the tape, they've got him lining up everywhere in the slot outside. He's on jet sweeps. He's kind of being um, schemed open at every possible opportunity on tape, and uh, and that leads to quite a lot of like wide open catches which I'll, I'll come on to in the weakness side of things but you know they know how to use him and, and if the NFL team that picks him can, can figure that out then he's just going to be lethal uh, it's a very polished right runner um, I, I don't know what I was expecting really I, I was kind of expecting um, to dig in a bit deeper and find some concerns around that but I didn't really I don't, you know he can run every route that you can think of at the college level uh, in routes he, he looks particularly strong when he takes a plants his foot in the ground and, and breaks out of that quite explosively and also the kind of um, the, the out routes where you cut inside and then revert back to the sideline those are just you know it's really a real pleasure to watch those because it throws open the defender every time and, and just creates that separation uh, he's not afraid to fight with his hands to create separation as well which is um, you know for a guy of that kind of stature um, is you know you, you don't expect him to win every time but they're so quick and so firm that he, he can knock away the, 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 the hands in press coverage and get free um, catching the ball Obviously, uh, very 
like solid, no problems at all there. And the high points it fantastically well in the in the red zone and in the end zone, which is obviously attributed to those twenty three touchdowns. Great body adjustment during the catch and great balance whilst doing so. Um, you're not going to see him on the floor a whole lot. Um, he, he, he grabs the ball and, and adds yards after the catch. One thing which uh, I'm not overly sold on is the kind of straight line speed, but it, it, he's got really long strides and it's even more noticeable with that kind of quite uh, you know lean frame he's got. Uh, the, the strides just kind of you know eat up yardage and it's uh, <laughs> he's away before you know it and got to the first down mark before just stepping out of bounds and, and not taking the hit. So that's really impressive. Um, like I've already mentioned the kind of techniques to beat press coverage, but that's where he really excels. When when the cornerback comes in and tries to get in his face, he just he's got he's got you know uh, really quick footwork, strong hands, and just slides past them and, and away he goes. And that kind of attributes to the the, the many wide open catches he's made. Uh, and also teams will be interested uh, as kind of a special teams element as well. He's used to catching punt, punts, he's used to uh, returning kicks. Uh, I don't think many teams will want him to be doing that regularly, but you kind of see it with guys like OBJ and like Jarvis Landry and stuff they you they you go to receivers but when you need a bit of a um you know a bit of a kick up the arse for your offense just put them out in the field and that, they'll pick up 15 20 yards in the return and there's a bit of momentum with you so he's that kind of guy um weakness wise like we're all thinking it with the frame aren't we i mean you can't really argue that 175 pounds um is, is your net normal frame for your uh wide receiver one um He's marked up at six foot one as well, which he has been since high school. So you assume on pro day might slightly have grown in that respect. Um, other than the kind of frame where we clearly needs to add weight, I've got him struggling to break tackles occasionally, and that's all linked to the frame as well, isn't it? Obviously, uh, lacks the kind of muscle to to, to uh, ease guys off the ball and pick up some more yardage there. Um, there's a there's a hell of a like lack of contested catch uh, tape on on Smith's film, and that's a massive issue for me to be honest. And that's why I've got the next guy slightly above uh, above him is that kind of I, I I don't really know what to expect when he goes up against these elite corners. And um, and you know he's going to do that in the next level. So uh, is that a problem? I, I guess we'll find out. Um, and then there's the kind of obvious point. It's on an Alabama offense. He's got the strongest supporting cast in college football. If he goes early anywhere but the Dolphins, um, he's not really going to have that kind of massively uh, you know talented supporting cast, and he's going to be the, the the featured guy. So is he going to cope with that in the NFL? I mean, I'm pretty sure he can. He's got a lot on his, he's taken a lot on his shoulders this year, but um, it might take him some getting used to. So that's me on, on Smith there, yeah. Would it be a pick that you'd be happy with at number three? Uh, not really, mate. No, I said it on uh, Dolph, Dolph on, uh, UK pod this week. Uh, I just can't see past the frame. Uh, it's like... I know he's going to be a good player, but I just hope to enjoy watching him on an NFC team where like, you know, we come across him every now and again um, because it'll definitely make me eat my words. But I just like, like I said on the podcast, like if, if I saw Devin White bearing down on him just after catching a slant pass, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be like that. That's not going to end well. And, uh, and I mean, I'll probably get rubbished by a lot of people for that sort of frame of mind, but it just matters to me. I like my, my, my big physical guys that are going to, you know, just, win those kind of battles and I can't see that at the moment it's a risk right because he's an outlier and you know it's a little bit like I know not the same conversation at all but the same sort of mentality is when we were talking about Walker Little the other week and we were talking about and I was saying you know he's got the pedigree and things like that and maybe he will be a moldable ball of clay that someone can make something of but I don't want him to be on the charges 
you know, we've had <laughs> enough. It. You know what yeah. I mean? That's exactly the same sort of mentality. And obviously, if you pick at number three, then it's a high-risk pick as well. If you mess that up, I know you've got other first-round picks and things like that, but that's a huge thing where you get a lot of media attention along your way if you mess up the third overall pick. And, you know, when that's you've it. got other receivers who are more prototypical and more... Uh, maybe suited in that sense to take this battering that they, they will take all of them, you know, and then you think, well, you could have had Jamal Chase if you'd just bit the bump, you know what I mean? That's it. And I guess the kind of flip side to my argument is that chemistry that's already got with Tua, but if if it was anyone but Tua at quarterback and, and even if they'd got some playing time together before, I don't think we'd be kind of that bothered about that, but because everyone's a bit like, oh, is Tua that good really? It's kind of like an immediate must jam someone in there that, that knows how to catch a football from him. And uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sold on that argument. It reminds me of um, the comment that you made in the group chat when you were talking about some Dolphins fans doing uh, mock drafts with about seven oh, yeah. and a half players. It? It. It's, it's like, like two plus two sort of thinking, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's just a bit like elementary, isn't it? I mean, I had a bit of an argument with several Dolphins fans at the weekend about like um, ramming Najee Harris in there at eighteen, and no Rob will disagree with me. But I'm just like there's positional value and and this kind of a forced fit. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a difficult one to. To, to put your finger on. All I'll say is Antonio Brown was too small for the NFL. Tyreek Hill was too short for the NFL. Look at those two guys. They've been great. Just because he's but, but they're both stockier. They're both stockier than True. Uh, yeah. but so that's my <laughs> if, if you can evade people like he can, then I don't know. I I think he can put some weight on no problem. All he's got to do is go to McDonald's and get a couple of Big Macs and be fine. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I can see the point. That is definitely the biggest red flag, isn't it? But I, I think the talent, the ability is, is just it goes a long way in, in going up to the next level. It's the legs for me. Like I was watching Mondo Moore, who obviously is a smaller guy, but he's got thick thighs. You know, and he can, like I say, like I saw when I was reviewing him, he can attack people, but you don't see that from Smith. And you'd think he'd probably come out of the wrong side of that if he'd tried. Twiglet legs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can see the concerns for sure. But anyway, like I say, um, like I say, you're doubling down, so go ahead with uh, with the next one. <laughs> yeah, um, obviously, Jamar Chase, um, we all kind of questioned all year whether he kind of made the right decision to, to like, sit it out. Um, and I start, at some points, I've raised the concern about it, but I think... Um, when you look back at that tape with with Joe Burrow, it's just uh, like it's just excellent, isn't it? You can't argue that this guy's going to be an excellent prospect at the next level. He's going to be absolutely fantastic for whatever team gets him, and I just hope uh, that he doesn't reunite with Burrow <laughs> there because I, that chemistry point back that way, like the, it's obviously there in in abundance, and that'd be quite scary. Um, Taking it back to the start, um, like Smith uh, chased back a uh, product, uh, product out of Los Angeles uh, a year later than and Smith in 2018. He had 28 offers, like all the usual uh, all the usual suspects. So he got a slight leg up on Smith from from that aspect from the, from the get go. Um, six foot. 208 pounds, so obviously a lot stockier than than, than uh, Smith, and but just a tiny bit shorter. There's a, just a whole host of uh, strengths here, so I'm just going to rattle them off. I, I, obviously, um, we were going to be joined by our resident LSU <laughs> diehard, and uh, and he's kind of left us in a in a bit of a position at the end here. But I, I'm going to rattle off what I've got. Um, 
first and foremost, just excels at the catch point. Um, you don't find many better uh, wide receivers at that. He just kind of wins his battles time after time uh, and he wins them all over the field as well, which which like goes on to my next point, that he's just an elite downfield threat. Um, 24 uh, receptions of longer than 20 yards uh, last season. Eight touchdowns of longer than 50 yards. That's just like a absolutely crazy stat. Mm. Um Really strong hands when he's kind of breaking out of that press coverage. Like I said with Smith, just uh, just like you know that these are the guys that you can see on tape are going to be uh, like really good in the NFL because they can beat that man coverage. They they beat off man coverage, uh, and it's all to do with the kind of uh, hands and the uh, quick fleet of foot, uh, which just takes them past. And then once you pass them, it's, it, you're beaten and, and you're into the open field, aren't you? So uh, that's something he excels at. He's a very fluid right runner. Um, for me, slightly better than Smith, which is dubious because Smith's a really good route runner. But um, but Chase just, uh, I don't think Chase creates natural separation and I'll mention that in the weaknesses bit. So the kind of route running is how he's really making the, making the separation there. He's getting away from his man, as particularly on... Um, out routes, which again is just—it's my favourite route to watch. Uh, to watch actually, because you just kind of taking the taking the, the cornerback all the way down the field, and then stopping on a dime and sliding outside, and and you know both feet inbounds. That's what Chase is great at. He's a clutch player. Comes up in in the big games. We've seen that uh, last year. Uh, obviously, you know. Came big across the board, really. Him and Justin Jefferson were unstoppable. Uh, very safe hands. Uh, he's kind of mainly an outside guy. I think I've got down to like 13, 14% of his uh, snaps coming in the slot. So it's quite obvious where he's going to um, project at the next level. Uh, he tracks the ball really well over his shoulders, which is another point I meant to make at the start about what we're looking for is that kind of eye coordination to take the ball over your shoulder. Uh, again, really tough at the catch point, takes big hits, gets up and, and, and sticks his arm out for the first down. And he's very balanced as well. Uh, and like, finally, to wrap off the pros there, just done it against their CC competition. Same as Smith. You can't argue with the kind of guys that he's gone up against like you can do with a couple of other people we've mentioned today. Cons, uh, six foot. Not your prototypical wide receiver one on the outside frame. I think the kind of technique and the and the ability to to, to kind of get past his man in, in in that kind of press coverage is makes up for that somewhat. But once you get against the elite corners, you're going to need a bit more. And I guess that's where he picks up the kind of coaching. It's the next level separation. Like I said, I don't see a whole lot of it on on tape all the time. I mean, he, he certainly creates it when he wants to with his route running ability. But he's kind of is is. You know, pure speed. If he just runs a straight go route, he's not really going to shake them for me uh, naturally. And there's there's a few drops on tape, and they're quite worrying drops as well because they hit, hits him straight in the numbers and he, and he drops them. So there's a few of those on on tape, but um, you know, out of the kind of volume of, of targets he's had, it's going to be a few. It's a bit like Jonathan Taylor last year when everyone told us he had fumble issues. Geese had run for like <laughs> however many carries a year. It's going to be a couple of times he drops the ball. Isn't it? <laughs> so uh, yeah, that, that's it really. I mean, obviously the year off's a big thing as well. So t- take that as you will. But um, yeah, it's slightly better than Smith for me. Uh, I've got like a top five uh, grade on on um, Chase, top 15 on Smith. Do you feel like because he is a slightly undersized and obviously like you say, he doesn't create that separation as naturally. Do you think that's made up for because he is so dominant at the catch point and he kind of plays bigger than he is. Yeah, that's it. And I think uh, I, I'm not going to blow Liam's uh, uh, Liam's sleeper, but there's the guys that only do uh, contested catches because they're like quite slow and don't get open that way. But he's a kind of guy that, that kind of, 
you know, he can beat you. Uh, uh, if, he, if he gets off the line quick enough, he can beat you down the field. It's not slow whatsoever. But um, yeah, he kind of excels there. And, and I can see him like, other than the, the tall, lanky corners that he's going to come up against, I can see him just take, beating anyone, in, you know, at that catch point. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of a tall, lanky corner off the top of my head. All, all, I've got, all I've got in my mind is Greedy Williams, but I don't really think that would be much of a problem for him. So, uh, but, but yeah, you, you know what my point is. Yeah, for sure. So let me reverse the question before I come to you, Liam. Would you be happy with him at number three? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't. I'd prefer us to trade back to like seven or eight and grab him, but I have a strong feeling that the Bengals might be like too starstruck not to take him there. So I think if we do want him, we've got to take him at three. Interesting that you think that two plus two thinking is going to be in Cincinnati instead of Miami. Oh yeah, we've got a very smart front <laughs> office. <laughs> and uh, I've played the Bengals this year. They're just a bit of a trash organisation. So, so. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, if um, it, I, I think, to be honest, I know, I know we've already said it, but I think whoever, um, I think the Dolphins will take Penai Sewell uh, personally, um, and thus. Uh, whoever we get at 18 will be a wide receiver, I think, and it won't be any of the kind of three main guys we talked about. I think they'll be off the board. But if the, the Dolphins want to trade down, they're not taken with Saul, then I think they'll grab uh, Smith or Chase, whoever's there at 7, 8, 9 or 10 mm. to trade down there. Interesting. Yeah, you could probably get a nice offer from a quarterback needy team coming up to three. Um, Liam, sorry, I cut you off there. I didn't come to you, but yeah, we'll come to you now. Just to add to uh, what's been talked about with uh, the Bengals, and uh, I've mentioned it when we did our mock draft and just how interesting it'll be is it'll chase to the Bengals to be a, to pair up again with Burrow for them, for the two of them would be something. It'll kind of ease a lot of the worries that we'll have about whether the year off for Chase was a good or bad thing is instantly going somewhere where he's got instant chemistry. Um yeah, the more I think about it, the more I want to see it. I think it's uh, hopefully Cincinnati see it as well. Mm, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? At the top two two receivers, a couple of teams up there that need one or uh, you know perceived to need one and want one. Uh, be interesting where they where they fall both of them. Um, there's a couple of other receivers that we want to mention. Um, I won't make you triple down, so I'll go. I'll go next. I alluded to this one earlier. Um, the one I wanted to mention, and really it's a shame that Kieran's not on because he brought this up. Um, Kieran, I'll just, he won't mind me saying, brought up in the group chat that we weren't really, or he wasn't really taken with Kadarius Tony. And after I watched Rondell Moore, I thought, well, Tony's you know pretty similar type of receiver, pretty similar style of receiver, albeit a bit bigger. So I'll, uh, I'll get some tape in on him. And I've got to say, I was really unimpressed. A lot of, you know, a lot of time when I'm surfing draft Twitter and things like that, a lot of people are saying wide receiver four, wide receiver maybe slightly higher. And I'm thinking, well, he must, you know, I've never laid eyes on him apart from obviously in season where you're not really studying one player. Um, had a look and yeah, super unimpressed. Just not what I was expecting at all. Just lacking a lot of zip off the line. For instance, when I was comparing him to Rondell Moore, and I will naturally compare him to Rondell Moore since I've been watching him a lot recently. Release off the line, not nearly as uh, nuanced and a bit like, not lazier, but a bit slower and a bit sort of, um, what's the right word, laboured off the line, whereas Moore was kind of really zippy and really sort of out there and, like I said before, giving defenders fits out there, like especially Sean Wade, as mentioned earlier. I mentioned, obviously, Moore's size and him playing up and looking bigger and playing bigger than tape. I feel like Tony plays down. I'm thinking, 
you know, I know he's like six foot ish, but if I didn't know how tall would I think he is, I would think he's like five eight or something like that. And you know, he's much more thickly built. He's got twenty pounds on on Rondo Moore, and Moore plays way bigger than than that again. Blocking, and I mean, I don't know that we don't need our like superstar wide receivers to block, but Tony is absolutely not interested in blocking at all. I don't think I saw him do it. If the play was on the other side, he'd just stand there. And so that won't appeal to some coaches. You know, some coaches are going to look at that and think, I don't know if I want this guy. You know, and then we are thinking, we are thinking like, you know, end of the first round, maybe in the same range as Rashad Bateman. But if you've got that lack of effort on some players, I think it's going to real, be really to his detriment. Um, body control obviously is really, really good. Change of direction skills, you know, human joystick kind of thing is kind of an easy cliche to throw out there. Um, decent hands again, a bit of inside-out versatility in terms of playing on the outside, playing in the slot, playing object sweeps, a bit similar to Rondon Moore's route tree. But yeah, just just really unimpressed with him. Just really, really unimpressed with him. And I was I was almost gearing up to kind of take Kieran on because I thought, oh, Tony would be good. I thought Kieran might be coming out with one of his hot takes. But I actually agree with him on this one. I, I'm not impressed at all. I had a fourth-round grade on him, which... Andy, I'll, I will come to you because obviously I'm, I'm obviously hammering you with this one because but it's only because you've been doing our wide receivers for us. Where do you have him graded? I won't get you to go for a big one down, but where do you have him graded? I've got a third round grade on him. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've seen, from what I've watched so far, I've seen the kind of same stuff you're talking about for sure. Um, I also kind of found that when you're talking about the run blocking, I also kind of like he signposted before the play, which I've noticed a few times where I was watching his stance and I was he's well into his stance if he's going to be making that that dash. But it, sometimes it's just basically vertical and it's like a run play and they're kind of, it's just so obvious. So that really uh, that really stuck out to me. Yeah. Got that tell. The other thing as well was, although he's had a great season this year, production prior to this year was poor as well. And yeah, that, that's another thing that, that really stood out for me. So yeah, not a player that uh, I've, um, that I was really impressed with and I was expecting a lot more. Yeah. I, um, I see his, his pros, but uh, yeah, I don't agree with uh, the sort of hype, the sort of, you know, top four or five in the wide receiver class that he suddenly kind of risen to the, the effort thing as well. Yeah. I can back that up. I think it's a, seems to be a Florida issue. Do you remember the uh, CJ Henderson last year, a lot of effort issues. And even before that, some of their running backs, in their kind of willingness to block is mm. kind of something I remember kind of knocking Gator running backs for. So maybe it's something that is going through their whole program. It's just effort <laughs> finishing plays. Mm. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, a bit of a bit of a red flag, bit of a warning sign there. I'm not I don't really like I say I don't really understand the hype at all. So yeah, just kind of kind of wanted to bring that up. Maybe we'll get Kieran's thoughts on it um, next week. Um, because I know he brought that up and like I say I was a bit shocked, but I am with you there, mate, if you're listening or when you're listening. Um, Andy, I'll come back to you, but a player that you've mentioned a few times in the past. Yes, um, my wide receiver four, although Rob's gotten slightly higher in the rankings that we've done between us, so I need to work out how that's going <laughs> to look in the guide and stuff like that. But yeah, Alan Ross and Brown, um, USC Trojans kind of standout guy, along with um, uh, along with a couple of other wide receivers this year, actually. Uh, they're really, really stacked at that position. Um I think this guy is going to be a real bargain. I don't think he's going to go in the first, but I've got a kind of late first round grade on him. Um, I won't go through the whole shebang, but first and foremost, absolutely excellent right runner. Um, you know, that kind of quick footwork breaks out of his, uh, um, you know, bursts out of his break. Sorry. Um, another guy that, that's fantastic on the out route, cutting inside, dropping, uh, dropping back to the, 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 the touchline sideline and, uh, and picking up the first down. 
really versatile again before this season, just been absolutely pigeonholed as a slot receiver. And you can kind of see why, uh, because of the kind of quick burst off the line and the uh, very safe hands. But this year, they've probably listened to his own concerns. I guess he would have gone back and said, let me play on the outside to show I can be that guy in the NFL. And they basically predominantly lined him up on the outside this year. So uh, very happy that he can do that. Um, really good balance. Footwork's first class. Uh, very tough at the catch point. And just that that kind of clutch gene is there again. If you watch the, uh, a lot of the USC games this year, a lot of like fourth quarter uh, winning drives, a lot of like last minute winning touchdowns. And the, the guy that's on the end of all those winning touchdowns is Alan Ralston Brown. So uh, for me, I love him. I, I really hope that he's um, he lands in a good place where he can be productive and he's not sheltered down the um, down the depth chart. But um, yeah, I think he's going to be absolutely excellent. The only weakness I've got is speed. Lacks, lacks that elite quickness. Um, doesn't tend to meet, beat his man on a straight. Uh, his man on a straight go, go route. Um, I reckon he's going to run a four six four five five four six. So um, that needs to uh, that that will worry some people. But the technique and the route running for me is phenomenal. Yeah, I completely agree. He's um, very, very good. Very good indeed. Um, player I really enjoyed watching in summer when I was kind of going through that. But um, obviously didn't scout him for this and not scouting him this week. But yeah, 2019 tape was very, very good. I really enjoyed watching him. And it was kind of getting us G'd up for that offence, wasn't it? In, in this coming Pac-12 season, didn't quite happen for a few of those guys. Uh, Keen Slobes obviously didn't play as well as we thought he was. But yeah, Drake London's going to be a guy that we're looking for next year, isn't he? When, uh, when he, we kind of get into the next draft class, but doing that classic thing of looking forward for the next draft class before you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, finish this one. Uh, but yeah, no, St. Brown, very good player indeed. Um, Liam, I understand you've got someone that you want to bring up and then Rob, I understand you've got someone else. You know, like we were talking about before, going to be talking about a lot of guys in this podcast and then we move on to our sleepers. Yeah, it's such a good class, isn't it? It's going to be like so many names and I'm going to bring up another a name, another kind of guy that I'm, Really high on those, uh, Tylen Wallace uh, from Oklahoma State. Um, he's going to be like easily kind of up in my top five or six come the come draft time. He's uh, just love just love watching him. He kind of he just he's a guy that just ticks all the boxes. He's got really good hands, great route runner. He's toughness, elusiveness after the catch. There's um, some really really good tape on him, and Oklahoma State have kind of. I don't want to say air raid, but they're kind of, they're very, very, they can be very aggressive and he's kind of their go-to guy down, uh, like uh, often down the sidelines and often in that sense looks a little bit one-dimensional on tape, but he, he, he can run routes really well and it, it showed up at this senior bowl. He had a really, really good senior bowl last week and uh, kind of showed off a bit more nuance to like his skills um, on foot as a route runner and really really like how as I say I said that he's kind of he, he's aggressive he can really high point a catch against contacts and just all effort and uh, like just one of those guys that feel like I've been watching him for about 10 years and uh, seems like he's been around forever and uh, yeah to see him like at the senior bowl playing well was really really good so he's a guy that I really I like a lot and I think is likely going to be a day two guy, hopefully a solid second rounder, because I think his stock is he's well worth it. I think he's going to be uh, a really, really good pro. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. He's definitely uh, a wide receiver to watch for sure. Injuries problem? 
obviously yeah. had a couple of knee injuries, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, and he's um, he uh, I think he measured out at five eleven, about one hundred and ninety at the senior bowl, which was actually kind of those me- and the measurements in general, I think, better than what people thought. And then, like you say, the questions to be answered on the but on the injury side, but he is. He does have that that style. He's quite a fierce competitor. He's going to go and fight his way through contact to get the ball, and and his hands are good enough to to kind of finish plays really well. I, I hope that um, those sort of injury red flags don't put teams off. I think he's well worth an, an earlier pick. I mean, it only leads to bargains, doesn't it? If uh, if he slides down, you know, late second, you know, you'd be looking at him over a hell of a lot of wide receivers, really. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he makes it out of the top 50 still. I really think there you go that early. I think that especially after his showing at the Senior Bowl, mm. I think that that's kind of, yeah, that's his floor. Interesting one. Rob, we'll come to you next um, for what we've been the second round. We've almost got guys who are too good to be sleepers, <laughs> but we wanted yeah. to kind of talk about a lot of guys. I think we've kind of learned from our mistakes from early on when we were just doing five players and we need to mention <laughs> more. Um, and, you know, we've got the time, so why not? Um, people need to know these names because they are going to be, you know, day one, day two prospects and they're going to be playing next year in NFL. Um, the player I wanted to bring up, a uh, guy that I've been scouting this week, Sage Sharat. Um Interesting backstory, obviously, um, the younger brother of uh, linebacker, well, quarterback turned linebacker, Chaz Surratt, also in this draft. Um, And it would have been fun to watch those two as kids uh, playing in the park. Um, And I think all that time wasted in the the playgrounds of North Carolina um, has sort of come to fruition now as both of them are going to be entering the draft uh, as as high draft picks. Heading into last season, I think he was on the precipice of a first-round pick. I think he was being mentioned as a first-round pick. He opted out for COVID, um, you know, concerns. So I think his draft. I think he's going to be one of the one of the people that is going to be affected by the draft. Uh, sorry, affected by that decision. I think he's going to fall down with the players that have played this year, like we've mentioned, Rashad Bateman, um, Amon Ross, and Brown. These sort of players are. I think I've gone ahead of him now. Um, interesting stat nugget, well, not stat nugget, interesting fact on Sage Surratt. He was actually uh, enrolled and committed to Harvard. He is a super intelligent guy, um, super, super intelligent, got into Harvard, was going to go to Harvard and then changed his mind at the last minute, went to Wake Forest. He's very, um, he's very uh, academic based. So, you know, he, He's always put his academics first. Uh, football's always been second, but it just so happens that he's a pretty awesome football player. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he plays for, for Wake Forest and, like I said, opted out last year, but 2019 had uh, just a clip over 1,000 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, he's the kind of guy that has got pretty safe hands, but is not really a flashy player. Um, he's really good at contested catches, like I said, with the safe hands and that ability to contest a cat, he doesn't need to be a flashy player. He's again one of these possession receivers that will play out wide and he'll be your dink and dunk player um, who will occasionally have fantastic plays uh, in the red zone. Um, so it's one to worth it's worth mentioning because, like I said, this time last year he was on radars for potentially being a first round pick. I think he slipped. He's graded out to me uh, as sort of a high third round pick. 
that's how he's braided out. Um, and again, experience is one of the one of the knocks, one of the red flags that has brought that grade down somewhat because he's only played um, a handful of games in college. Um, but I think he's going to have a good career, and it, it does help when you're super intelligent and you've got a good football IQ as well. Sometimes they don't go hand in hand, but it seems certainly does with Sage Surratt. And like I said, it's going to be a possession weapon on the outside for a team. Who, and he's, he'll have a good career, I'm pretty sure of it. Um, but I just think his, his initial sort of projected round has probably slipped due to him missing out last year. Yeah, there's a lot of traffic maybe moved ahead of him, as you mentioned. Mm. Interesting, um, his decision to go to Wake Forest, his mum and dad going between uh, Wake Forest and UNC to see the brothers uh, play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah one, one that can inconvenience them, I'm sure, but yeah, maybe some <laughs> split duties. Um, but yeah, no, good player, really good player. Right then, after that, eight, nine players in, let's, uh, let's hit our sleepers. Right then, so yeah, into our sleepers, uh, round three almost for, for our wide receivers here. Um, who wants to start us off? Liam, might you start us off? You started off first round, we've not come to you for a little while. All right then. Uh, when we were, when I was thinking about um, sleepers, I had a, a couple of names and they kept going, kind of back and forth. Even up till um, just before we recorded, I still hadn't kind of fully decided on a guy. But I, I have because I've picked a guy that I really like as a flash player. And I'm going to talk about T.J. Vasher from Texas Tech. Um, really tall guy, um, measured at six five. Um, throughout the season uh, or well, his whole time with uh, Texas Tech he's uh, measured over 200 pounds uh, recently he uh, was part of the college gridiron showcase um, which kind of uh, happened along the same time as the senior bowl and he weighed in a, a leaner 185 um, so really really tall really really skinny guy for his height um, grew up in Texas attended SH Ryder High School where he played both football and basketball so again speaking to his uh, his tall uh, stance and uh, his height and height as an athlete he was basketball as well um, played both um, in college four-star recruit um, who chose Texas Tech over the likes of Ohio State, Ole Miss, Mississippi State um, he also had a few offers uh, to attend um, colleges as a basketball star I think uh, Tulsa SMU amongst uh, those to offer him a basketball scholarship um, there's uh, quite a lot that's good about his game and then quite a lot that uh, isn't, which is why I was kind of uh, weighing up who to uh, talk about at this point. But what is good about this, about Vash's game um, is uh, how he uses his height uh, on the outside. Um, I can tell you the exact moment when I fell a little bit in love with Vash's game. It was uh, the 1st of September 2018, which was the opening game of that season. And I was watching uh, Texas Tech's uh, season opener against Ole Miss and um, we've all uh, seen well we all know about people trying to do their their own Odell Beckham impressions we all know the famous Odell Beckham catch when he was at the New York Giants and people have done people have imitated it and in my opinion haven't ever really got close to it until TJ Vasher came along and um, you can picture the sort of catch one hand over the back shoulder um, bringing it in at pace, falling in bounds. It was very similar. And uh, I thought it was uh, as good a catch as I'd seen in a long time. And then you look into his highlight reel and there's a few catches that are very similar. He can really, really make a splash catch. He's um, 
really, really exciting watch. Um, and that play, well, and other plays like it, kind of show what he's about. is using his height, his reach, his catch radius to just go up and moss people and make catches one-on-one when uh, the ball's just in, in the vicinity. Um, hands and body control are really, really good. He can make uh, kind of high grabs and low grabs. Yeah, as I say, a true highlight reel guy. Um, he knows how to play out wide and along the sidelines. He's obviously smart enough to um, control distance, can adjust to the ball in the air, able to get feet in bounds all the time. Really, really nice control of where he is. It can be such a difficult matchup for defenders. Um, but there are areas where he needs to work on. And um, he's he's obviously very tall and lanky, but as a result, doesn't appear to have too much speed to go with it. So uh, the routes that he runs are not very complex. Um, he's not going to be uh, the sort of player that's going to provide yards after the catch. Um, not overly physical. Um, just, as I say, he's not got the muscle to his large frame, so he can be bumped around. I think uh, the best cornerbacks will like to play him in press coverage. Um, I think he's a little bit inconsistent when creating separation, that word again. Um, and it's kind of all ceiling and potential with Vasher. And I've, when grading guys at different positions, I it's typical hit and miss with these sort of guys, which is probably why I was reluctant to even talk about him. But because I like him so much um, for his, his kind of highlight reel and for the player that he is, um, yeah, TJ Vasher is going to be one for me to keep an eye on for sure. Got a couple of questions. Yes. I haven't watched a great deal of him, but just listening to what you're saying, do you think he uses his basketball background to kind of box people out and kind of make those catches, or is that not the case? Yeah, I think he does. I think, yeah, he's got that. Like I say, the, the route running is quite one-dimensional, but his play style is is that he's he's he knows how he can beat you. And if he's given the chance, he will. He kisses that catch radius. And um, like I say, some of... Uh, his body adjustment is is elite. It's really, really good. He can, like, um, I've seen there was a play against Baylor where he was reaching down almost kind of thigh height to bring it, reach down and bring it in um, against a guy who's just not open. He just shouldn't make the catch. And he does in the end zone. And I've seen him do it uh, against UTEP, I think, on film. There's a really good example. There's There's plenty of these single play these single plays where um, he just flashes this ability just to just to outspace you. He just his catch radius is immense, and it's that's like you say. I know why you're asking the question because that's that's how he wins. It's the inconsistencies in the rest of his game as a receiver and where you play him and the lack of speed. There's a lot of concerns, um, mm. which is again why I was a little bit reluctant to even bring him in. Yeah. Andy and Rob, you kind of got your both hands up. Andy, you were looking like you weren't agreeing completely there with the basketball stuff. I, I've got written down in my notes, uh, could be more physical uh, for his size. I, I found that kind of, uh, he got kind of stacked up quite a lot by uh, by corners and stuff. He's not not really um, knows how to use that kind of that power he should generate as somebody that tall. I've also got, which slightly disagrees with Liam, but I, I know I, I actually agree with what Liam's saying is that he's a bit of a sneaky yards after the catch threat because he's so 
difficult to wrap up. And there's one play where it's like high stepping and it's basically like the same height as the linebacker. <laughs> and it's like a big daddy long legs that's kind of going over the top here. And, it, and he goes into the touchdown. It's like a 25 yard yard after the catch because he's just like skipping over guys. And I was just like, this is this is fantastic to watch. It's never going to work at the next level, but it's fantastic. And um, he actually reminds me of his teammate last year, Anton uh, Wesley, a little bit, who didn't obviously... Uh, factor at all for Baltimore this year but um, yeah sadly I think that's the way he could peter out as a bit of a one-trick pony but man it's fun to watch his college tape. It's perfect that sums up exactly why I was so reluctant to even bring him in (laughs) and why I was considering other people I love the I love the ceiling and I love the the moment the uh, the high moments in his career but yeah it's going to be a tough one for him to go take it into the pros. Uh, Yeah I, I I sort of grabbed onto Vasher in 2018, probably the, the same season that you just mentioned, Liam, um, when he made that catch. And I was really excited for him in 2019. He kind of disappointed a little bit. Um, you know, only had 515 yards, handful of touchdowns. And then last year, he was he really disappointed me last year. 227 yards, two touchdowns, but he got 150 yards in two games with two touchdowns in one game. That's no, injuries. And- and he was injury riddled. And he's, to be honest, he's never completed a season, has he? Uh, um, you know, so he's he, he's got some red flags on the injuries. He really disappointed me last year. Uh, wasn't impressed at all. But I think he's got some really nice traits and you've outlined them really nicely. I think he's got the ability to be a good receiver, but it's just, it, it hasn't happened the last couple of years. And there's some serious red flags, which, yeah, um, I, I am... On the opposite scale to you, he's been on the de- on the downslope for me for for a couple of years now. Um, unfortunately, I, I I just can't see. I, I wish, I hope he can because again, he's good to watch, and you know, it's good to see that wingspan, and he's so tall. I mean, could he put on twenty pounds and be a, be a tight end? It's the hacking butler question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to lead me on to my next question, actually, because obviously I think we've all encompassed it in our conversation. Here. What is his, his role in, you know, if he gets drafted at all? Yeah, he's like, he would have more of a role 10 years ago. It's the, going back to what we've said about the smaller, faster yards after the catch, guys. It's the way that the NFL is leaning now. And he isn't that. He, you have to just stick him out out wide and mm. kind of bring him in as a red zone threat, as a third and long threat. It's it if he's smart enough and if he can kind of respond to good coaching and then build on a better route tree and the all the everything that you need to start kind of making catches over the middle, different routes, then then it will come together a little bit more. But yeah, just a complete one trick pony at the moment. <laughs> interesting isn't it it's an interesting thing that's kind of developed amongst the whole evening's conversation the tallest wide receiver before bash that we've mentioned is six foot two it's not really the way the nfl's built at the minute isn't it there's been quite a lot of misses on big receivers recently as well so yeah. it's uh, it's a trend for sure that we're kind of trending towards like you say smaller faster separators rather than these uh big red zone targets that would have been like you say a few years ago yeah and uh I mean, there's there's probably gonna there's even going to be better guys than Vasher at six foot four plus, but um, I just had to bring him up. Mm. <laughs> I'm speaking nervously as my team's about to award Mike Williams fifteen million dollars for next season as a six foot four receiver. I had no connection with Justin Herbert last year, 
Fun times, anyway. Um, I'm going to go he next. He had his moments. He had his moments. <laughs> he had his moments, yeah. He's always had his moments, to be fair. But, you know, it's uh, it's not production and it's not volume, which is what we're kind of trending towards. Uh, but anyway, less, less, of, uh, less of that. Um, yeah, I'm going to go next. I'm going to talk about uh, a receiver that I've watched quite a lot of, actually, as a, as a now new UNC fan, as we did this season. Uh, I'm going to talk about Diami Brown, um, a player that... Um, I've had my eye on over the season and I decided quite early on that he was going to be my sleeper for this episode. Um, a very productive uh, wide receiver, uh, but having a little dig into him deeper. Um, yeah, there's some things to be excited about, but there's some things, like you said, similar to what you said, Liam, about Vasher, is there's some definite holes in his game as well. And whether it's going to translate, you know, fantastically well to the next level, I'm not really sure. So yeah, four-star wide receivers who's always had that kind of upper class really from West Mecklenburg in, uh, in North Carolina. Massive offers again, the usual candidates on the SEC, a couple of um, ones from the Big 12 and, SC- and ACC as well. FSU was one of them, uh, Oklahoma, Michigan as well, amongst them. Um, really productive, you know, back to back thousand yard seasons in his sophomore and junior seasons and averaged uh, over 20 yards a catch in that, se- in that span and also got 20 touchdowns in that span as well. So we've got a lot of production to kind of work off. And that's kind of for a sleeper, kind of late day two, early round, uh, early day three pick, sorry. That's kind of a something that I need to see. I need to be able to see that he's done it at the college level at least. I need to know what product I'm getting, what, what I'm actually drafting out there. Unless it is a purely athletic, you know, someone like Vasher who's just a bit different or he's like got an incredible athletic trait or something like that. So at least I know that I'm getting a, a name brand almost. Um, purely outside receiver, been like I say, really productive. Only runs routes off the vertical stem. So very sort of linear, not really doing a great deal in terms of like getting a great deal of separation or being a lot of nuance. He just kind of runs nines, goes, well, same thing, uh, comebacks and curls, things like that, hitches, nothing too fancy at all. But he does it pretty well. He does it pretty well. Um, he's not the biggest receiver, so six foot two. So again, kind of trending towards our kind of shorter guys again. Um, six foot two, although he is measured in some places when I was kind of cross-referencing this at six foot one, touch under 200 pounds, wherever you kind of look, whether that's 195 or 185, you kind of get a bit of a range. So it'd be interesting again, if he kind of gets measured up at a pro day and what the actual true measurement is. Although saying that pro days this season, pinch of salt with those with the, the home uh, measuring tapes coming out. Um, one thing that really stuck out was is his natural hands, ability to pluck the ball from the air again, kind of what I was talking about with Rondell Moore, but obviously in a bigger package, although hands can be pretty inconsistent sometimes, kind of has a few concentration drops, has a few drops where you just think, there's no reason why you've dropped that apart from you took your eye off the ball, which is disappointing, but I feel like it's coachable as well. It's just kind of having that discipline, that eye discipline um, to kind of bring that out at the next level. Um, red zone threat, which is really good. So I'm catch plenty of touchdowns, even if he wasn't having the greatest in terms of yardage. Funny, I mentioned Mike Williams. I was kind of thinking he kind of reminded me of his play style a lot. Obviously, Mike Williams is much taller and he's a much more contested catch guy, much more sort of highlight catch guy. Jamie Brown's not those things, but you know, off a vertical routes then kind of, you know, making plays and being a red zone threat was kind of what Mike Williams was as his pomp a couple of years ago when he scored 11 touchdowns for the Chargers. Um, not a great deal of contested catch situations and obviously needs a fuller out tree as well. Um, but one thing that I really liked, especially from a, a deeper guy, a guy that's going to be going maybe the start of day three, was he's an incredible blocker, like latches onto someone and drives them and drives them and drives them down the field. It opened up loads of lanes for the two running backs, obviously we've been watching all season for UNC and the likes of like Daz Newsom coming out the slot and he's on jet sweeps and running behind Diami Brown. And yeah, I just think he's fantastic at it. So a bit like what I was kind of criticizing Kadarius Tony for 
some coaches are going to look at Darren Brown and think, well, at least I can stick him on the edge and he's going to block and he's going to create for my other guys, my other more talented receivers. Um, and yeah, that was one of my biggest, uh, my biggest assets that I had on him, to be honest with you. Um, just kind of dipping into my scouting report a little bit more. Yeah, blocking, red zone threat. Uh, ball tracking was also excellent. So like I said, going vertical, he's got enough speed, although he's not really a burner, and but he does track the ball well over his shoulder and does take it in but not in a way that he's kind of going up and kind of high point in the ball, just kind of basket catches over the shoulder. Um, and like I say, he's been really productive as well. So yeah, an interesting player for sure, but there's quite a lot of holes in his uh, game in terms of his uh, development, in terms of becoming that kind of fuller, more rounded receiver, as Rob was saying, kind of wanting that uh, sort of all-rounder. He's not that at all. He's kind of this vertical guy. Reminded me a little bit, and again, looking through my Chargers-centric uh, glass here, of Tyrell Williams, but a slower version, uh, kind of the rookie Tyrell Williams, where he wasn't very developed, obviously he developed a little bit more now. Um, but yeah, kind of an interesting receiver, I'd say, but I've got a early fourth round on him, kind of bordering. I think it's, if I could score him a little bit higher in a couple of categories, he might have made it into the third round. But yeah, fourth round grade for myself for Diami Brown. But again, another kind of bargain for us. Rob, we'll come to you. Yeah, um, interesting what you're saying about Diami Diami Brown's blocking ability because the guy I've gone for of my sleeper has got absolutely zero blocking ability. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for Anthony Schwartz, who is the wide receiver for uh, Auburn. Um, simply put, he is a fast um, <laughs> four-star recruit, uh, verginging. I was going to say on a on a five-star recruit, um, and this this is why he was a track star at high school. When I when it, that term track star is used so often, it's thrown around. This guy was a track star. He ran a 10 0 700 meters uh, in high school. That's Olympic speed. <laughs> this guy is a track star. He's so, so fast. He had 25 offers um, uh, coming into college. And if you were to put the best 25 teams over the last three years in a list, I guarantee you they'd be the 25 that offered Anthony Sports a place at their college. Um, since being at college, hasn't really impressed as a wide receiver, especially the first couple of years. Um, literally was a, pretty much a one-trick pony. He was a two-trick pony. He's very good at screens, very good getting downfield. Um, and he was successful to a certain extent, um, but it was very obvious that that was who he was. Um, he, coming into the season... Uh, like I said, I followed him through college and haven't been too impressed. But coming into the season, there needed to be a lot of change. There needed to be a lot of improvements if he was going to come into the draft. And there was. He worked really hard on developing a route tree. And when I say developing a route tree, there was no route tree coming into this season. And he has developed two or three routes. He can. He, he ran plenty of comebacks. Um, he even ran a couple of slants at the end of the season, which was good to see. Um, so he's he's developed more as a receiver his hands have got better um this was all over one season though so that's where the sort of knocks start coming in because it's just one season of progress but he's on the upward trend which is good to see because going into the nfl that's only going to continue going up um very disappointed that the combine's not happening because i do think that he could have beaten john ross's record i really do um great agility he's yeah, like I said, he's made perfect strides in 2020 on becoming a better receiver. Um, weaknesses, yeah, route running um, is is one of the weaknesses. Limited catch radius, 
Um, could do. He's really light. He's six. Is uh, he's six foot on one hundred and seventy nine pounds? So he's one of these lighter guys again because of the athleticism. So he could do with putting on a couple of extra pounds, like we said about Devonta Smith earlier. But he's got to keep that speed because that's his biggest weapon. So it's whether he can balance that. That's the that's the question. Um, and as I opened up by saying, he's a terrible blocker on the run. Um, he just it, like you were saying about Kadarius Tony. He just doesn't want to do it. Uh, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I mean, this kid has got bags of potential because he's got that elite speed, that trait, which is, you know, you, you see with Tyreek Hill, you see it when John, with John Ross when he's when he's got a hamstring, um, you know, he, he gets down the field very quickly and he can be effective if, if he gets to a, if he gets to a, a quarterback, I can throw the ball. If he goes to Detroit where, where Goff now is, he can throw the ball. If he can go to somewhere, uh, you know, Buffalo with, with uh, the monster arm of, of Josh Allen, he's going to be utilized. But again, I watched, um, <laughs> I'm testing my memory again, which games I watched now. I watched Arkansas and Georgia for, for Anthony Schwartz. And it was alarming the amount of screens that you saw him in. It, it was it was in motion all the time, coming across the line, always using the screen game. And if he's not, then he's in the slot and he's going down. Um, so yeah, he's a, he's a deep threat slot guy who takes a lot of screen passes. That's his forte. Um, but again, last year he made a lot of strides um, as a receiver upwards trend. I've got him projected as a sort of a fifth, sixth round pick. Um, if there was a combine, he could have done a John Ross. And if he'd have set a new record, he could probably go up to the third round uh, because recency bias that sort of thing is is exactly why john ross was i think he was drafted first round wasn't he john ross yeah seventh uh, overall yeah exactly so and that was because of the combine right he wasn't that great of a receiver coming out of college um better than schwartz uh so yeah it, it, i've got him as a fifth round um he's a project guy i'd say if he goes if he lands in a team with a quarterback with a big arm he could have a bright future especially if he continues this up with trend exciting one to watch I'm just going to correct myself. Actually, it's actually ninth overall, but that's just me pleasing myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that that sort of thing that we were just talking about, right? The the sort of thing that I when I was saying it's like an outstanding athletic trait that kind of makes you very interested on day three, yeah, if not earlier. You know, depending on what your fit is and things like that. Yeah, it's a standout. It's a standout trait which gets you drafted. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to, to see his career actually um, develop and um, whether he can continue improving. Because if he does, then yeah, he, he's, you know, the world's his oyster. Um, yeah, he's just got to land in the right spot. He's got to be with the right coach and the right quarterback. Mm. Interesting one to watch out for. I mean, it's the sort of thing that you will watch out for on day three, watching the draft, yeah. isn't it? Seeing these players that we've earmarked. Yeah, and this is this is defining the sleeper, isn't it? It's a boom mm. or bust player. Yeah, absolutely. Right then, in what what's uh, about double length podcast that we're going to do? Andy, finish us off with your final sleeper. Right, it's a cut and in half, aren't you? Give it a little. I bit might have to. Sleep. Might have to do just the sleepers <laughs> on their own. Something like that. <laughs> um, I'm going to finish with a guy who uh, Rob didn't even put on my list of wide receivers to scout. So, mate, this is this is a sleeper. But there you go, and you can see why because he's been catching uh, footballs from a, from a fullback for for the last three years. So there you go. Uh, I'm going for uh, Brennan Eagles, who's uh, the junior wide receiver out of Texas, six foot four, uh, two hundred twenty nine pounds. This guy is a ball, and I absolutely love him. Don't know why I love him. I just really do. Um, led the Longhorns in receptions this year, five, uh, and uh, with five touchdowns to, to go alongside that uh, four-star recruit in the 2018 class, actually uh, 61st in the nation, I, I think from 247. 
my God, this guy is just like a bull. Um, that's the kind of top line strength, power, um, incredibly bruising after the catch, uh, lows his shoulder, gets the yardage that way. And when he's blocking, it's like watching a tight end block. So great player uh, for all those kind of reasons. Massive catch radius as well. Gets up and really beats his guy at the uh, at the contested catch point. Um, he has got a decent route tree, uh, out routes, go routes, slant routes, in routes. They're all kind of there, those four main routes. So he's got a bit bit to build from there. Tracks the ball really well over his shoulder. Uh, takes, the, takes the catch over left or right shoulder quite easily. Uh, uses his body in a way that probably uh, TJ Basher doesn't do, as we spoke about earlier, in, in my opinion anyway. Just kind of gets his body around and, and, and boxes out his, uh, his cornerback. Um I mean, there's a, there's a few slot, um, few reps of him in the slot. Uh, I don't think they'll really want to use him at that uh, that kind of game unless you. It's an obvious running situation. Um, really soft hands as well for for such a big uh, brute, and uh, the kind of body adjustment, like I just mentioned, is uh, is evident even when he's catching those like short combat routes to to kind of take the ball down right around by his knees and ankles as he's had to do a bit catching from Sam Ellinger. Um, there's a reason why he's not really been hyped up at all. Uh, he's not the most kind of, uh, he's not the, he's not very quick at all. In fact, I think he, he might even get four, four, six, five, four, seven and that, that kind of thing. I might be pleasantly surprised, but he's not very really quick. Um, doesn't create much separation because of that re- reason. Uh, not had huge production. Uh, again, the aforementioned fullback and uh, not really a huge yard after the catch guy. Either. He's a, He's the kind of guy that goes up, uh, you know, pin, pinpoints the ball in the air, gets a four or five yards, and then, uh, you know, just just because he's bulldozed and his his, his centre uh, gravity is so low when he's he's, he's low on his shoulder, he goes down after that as well. So, I really like him. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think somebody could really work with him here, um, but it's going to be kind of a projection rather than uh, than what's on table already. Another guy who might benefit from uh, an uptick in quarterback play for sure. <laughs> Yes, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed that one. That's good. That's a good one. Right then, um, let's get out of it. We've been on here for a very, very long time. If you're listening to this on the second part, I might have to split. Thanks for sticking with us for a couple of episodes, but I hope you've enjoyed uh, a massive episode of Wide Receivers. It's certainly been a great one for us to put together. Guys, let's uh, let's give out some handles and uh, let's let's get out of it. Rob, we'll start with you. Um, I hate people that change their handles multiple times. <laughs> so naturally, I've changed it twice in the last month. Um, but it's sticking because it's going on these freaking scouting guides. So it's got to stick now. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at NFL Brit Baller. I've gone back to the Brit Baller well. So yeah, <laughs> NFL Brit Baller. Find me on Twitter. Um, things are going to start livening up soon. Yeah, absolutely. Andy, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, AJ Moore 21 or Dolphin UK underscore pod, where uh, I'm currently fighting off like Najee Harris <laughs> lovers. <laughs> I am as well, but not that, that much as, as, as everyone else is apparently. <laughs> um, and Liam, what about yourself, Wesley? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Liam66NFL. Uh, loads of NFL, college football stuff, and of course, going to be just filling up with draft stuff now that we're getting closer and closer. Yeah, absolutely. And just in case anyone missed it, um, obviously last week we announced the, the draft guide is coming out. Uh, we're all beavering away, us four, including Kieran, all beavering away on that. Um, details will be released of that very shortly. But uh, yeah, keep your eyes well and truly appealed to that. We're going to be bringing you a very, very thick scouting guide of all our takes and all our um, yeah, all our draft takes. And lastly for myself, um, at Wakefield90 on Twitter, um, as we mentioned with all the guys, uh, just pumping out the draft content now as we move right into the spring and and just building out that that, uh, aforementioned draft guide. But yeah, 
That'll do it for this evening. Well, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at Full10YardsCFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.